how he loves us oh oh how he loves us how he loves us i heard a story uh, about a little boy over the holidays and he was in a mall and he was just standing at the bottom of an escalator and he was just watching the steps you know churning over and uh, one of the store clerks noticed that he was standing there for a little while by himself. And so she came out, and she uh, approached him and asked, uh, Hey, are you okay? Uh, I was just wondering if you were lost. And he said, Well, no, ma'am, I'm just waiting. Well, she was curious, and she asked him, Well, what is it that you're waiting on? He said, Well, I'm actually waiting on my gum to come back down the escalator. So, so whether it's gum we're waiting to come back down an escalator or, or snow or whatever, I think we all have experienced the, uh, the waiting before. We, we've done that, right? You guys have been there at some point in your life, I'm sure. Uh, and throughout Christmas, you know, we kept talking about uh, how we were waiting. We were preparing our hearts. We were preparing our minds for the coming of Christ. Uh, we celebrated that. We celebrated it on Christmas. Uh, the Israelite people, they waited, the, the Jewish people, they waited for over 400 years for their Messiah to come. You know, there was that long period of silence where they heard nothing from God. And they were waiting, they were waiting, they were waiting. Well, today, we're going to look at a passage that I think some of us tend to overlook in uh, the Gospel of Luke. You know, we, we get the Christmas story, we get the Jesus in a manger, that the, the Magi came, that the, the shepherds came. But then sometimes we have a tendency to just stop there and we don't keep reading in Luke chapter 2. So there's, there's a story I want us to focus on today. It's about a man named Simeon. A man named Simeon. And he was waiting. He was waiting on something very specific. And he was under God's direction while he was waiting. Um, so I, I'm hoping that through this, this meeting here today that the Holy Spirit orchestrated, that we can see a little of our lives and, and how we're waiting for Christ. And how we're waiting on His timing and how we're waiting in the Spirit. And that hopefully, uh, you know, at the risk of sounding cliche, that by the end of my sermon today, you'll believe that good things come to those who wait. So we're going to be in uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 22 through 35 today. If you want to turn there with me uh, in your Bibles or on your smartphones, or it's up here on the screen. But let's look at that. Luke chapter 2, verse 22, it says, And when the days of their purification according to the law of Moses were finished... They, being Mary and Joseph, brought him, Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple complex when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law. Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your slave in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel 
and to be a sign that will be opposed. And a sword will pierce your own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So with our focus on Christ today, I, you know, I, I want to examine this man, Simeon, and we don't know a whole lot about him. You know, this was the only place really in Scripture where he was mentioned. Um, but, you know, we do know a couple things about him. Number one, that, that he was a pretty old guy, right? He was, he was kind of uh, getting to that point of death in his life, and he knew that. Um, and here we have a meeting with a very young Christ, uh, most likely 40 days old at this point. So here's this remarkable meeting ordained by God, one that Simeon had been waiting and waiting and waiting for. So uh, maybe you guys have had to wait for something recently. Maybe um, over the Christmas season, if you're like me, you did some shopping. Any of you guys partake in shopping this holiday season? Uh, yes, yes. So maybe you had to wait in traffic. Maybe you had to wait uh, in a store line somewhere to check out, right? We've all done that. Uh, maybe if you shopped online, any online shoppers in here, you guys strictly order online. We're, we're getting to that point, okay? Instead of dragging four kids out of the house to, to go shopping, we decide, well, we're just going to sit on our couch and do that, right? That's a little easier. Well, I did, I did a lot of my shopping online for Christmas, and I actually ordered my wife Tiffany's gift online, and it was the Saturday before Christmas Eve, so one week before Christmas Eve, I ordered my wife's gift. I know, I know it's a little late, a little late in the game to be doing that. And, and not to mention that I'm a little cheap, you know, full disclosure. I'm kind of cheap, so I, I don't have, like, Amazon Prime. Uh, I'm not one of those guys. And I'm not one to pay for expedited shipping. So I was just riding on hope that if I ordered this gift on Saturday, that, I, that it would come within that one-week time frame and that I would have something to put under the tree for my wife for Christmas. Well, um, Friday before Christmas, I checked the tracking on my package four to seven days before it's supposed to be there. So at this point, I'm panicking a little bit, right, because I'm still waiting, I'm waiting, you know, and, but I got to admit, when I saw that, I, I kind of threw up a Hail Mary to God. I said, God, you know, please, please get this package to me by tomorrow, okay, because my wife is going to kill me if I don't have something under the tree for her, okay? Guys, I'm sure none of you can relate to that, okay? But, um, you know, I'm waiting. How many of you guys think the package made it? Raise your hand. How many of you guys think the package? How many of you think it didn't make it? Didn't make it? I got a lot of doubters in here, man. Golly, no faith. What is that about? Well, I'm not dead, so I am the proof that the package actually made it. What a great thing, right? And wouldn't it be great if that's how it worked every time? Then we're, we're, we're waiting on something to come. We're waiting on something to happen in life. And we just say, God, oh, I would love it if you could do this particular thing at this particular time so that it fits in my life this particular way and everything will be great. God, I really appreciate it. Thanks. And then poof, it happens. I mean, that'd be awesome, right? If every time we're waiting, that happens. But we see that doesn't happen. I think you know that doesn't happen, all right? I'm sure you've experienced waiting when the waiting still hasn't stopped, okay? And Simeon was a righteous and devout man, but it says he still had to wait. He still had to wait. So even those of us who, who seem to have it all figured out, those of us who, who maybe have a great relationship with the Lord, guess what? We're still going to have to wait. But it's important that the first thing I want us to see today in Simeon's story is that when we wait, that we're to wait in the Spirit. 
We're to wait in the Spirit. And I think this is an, um, an inignorable fact. Is that a word? Um, something that we can't pass over in this scripture is the fact that the Holy Spirit is mentioned three times. Three times. In that little passage of scripture, he's mentioned three times. And, um, you know, righteous people should know how to wait. But let's face it. We all think we call the shots, right? There's times where we think we're in control. But hopefully you figured out that that's not the case. And the sooner that you can get a grip on that, the sooner that you can understand that you're not in control of what you're waiting on, the better off we're going to be, right? Look in, uh, look in verse 27. It says that Simeon was guided by the Spirit as he entered the temple. So Simeon chose to wait in the Spirit. He chose to give God control. He gave it up. He said, look, God, whatever is your plan in this situation, I want you to have control of it. I don't want to be the one in charge. Just look at how he addresses God. Later on in that passage in verse 29, it says, now, master, you can dismiss your slave, dismiss your slave in peace as you promised. So Simeon Here he is waiting, and he sees God as his master. God as master. Is God your master? Are you waiting on his prompting in your life? Because a slave isn't going to do anything unless the master prompts him to do it. Simeon understood that. He understood that the best way to wait was to wait on the Holy Spirit, to wait on God to move in his life and give him direction And sure enough, it says that he was guided by the Spirit as he enters the temple. So, what dilemmas, what direction do you need? What situations are you going through in your life that you need the Holy Spirit to step in? And and you need to maybe step back and take stock of a situation and realize, look, the the things I'm doing, the way I'm running things right now, might not be the way God wants it to happen. And maybe you're getting exhausted. You're just running yourself ragged trying to make something happen. Have you guys ever had a deadline at work or maybe something you had relatives coming over to the house um, and you just needed to get some things done, right? Needed to straighten the house up or you needed to finish this project, whatever it was. And so you decide to take it upon yourself and you're just going to get things done, right? You're in go mode. So you start, you know, making phone calls and sending emails and, setting up meetings and and making things happen instead of waiting on the Lord, instead of waiting on his timing. Look at what Isaiah 40, 31 says. We actually sung a song that used this verse this morning. It says, They who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. How cool is that? Right? I mean, it's saying if we wait on God, that not only will we be renewed, we will be strengthened. Not only will we not grow weary, we will not faint, but God is going to give us strength. How great would that be? Psalm 62.5 says, Rest in God alone, for my hope comes from Him. You know, it seems counterproductive when we're trying to get things done that we would rest that you would rest when something needs to happen. But that's what God's saying. Look, rest in him. Give him control. It shows him that you trust him. You trust him. 
for what's going to happen. You trust him for the outcome, no matter what it is. Psalm 62.8 goes on to say, Trust him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge. But you may be asking, why should I even trust God? Like, why is that a thing, right? Well, let me point you to Lamentations 3.25. It says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. So my hope is that, just like Simeon, you would know beyond a shadow of a doubt in 2017 that whatever it is you're waiting on right now, that as long as you're seeking the Lord, if you're waiting on his timing and the Holy Spirit, that good things will take place, that God is working those things together for your good, okay? So wait for the prompting of the Holy Spirit in your life and trust him, just trust him. You know, Simeon, Simeon didn't know exactly uh, who to look for, okay? He didn't have like a mugshot of, of Mary and Joseph. He didn't, he didn't have a picture of baby Jesus. He, he didn't know who he was looking for at that point, what they looked like. But when it was time, he knew. He knew. God pointed him to those people. And he was able to fulfill this promise that God had for him. And we'll know too. We'll know, too, if we are waiting in the Spirit. So, Simeon was righteous. He was devout, but he was waiting in the Spirit. And it's also important to know that when we're waiting, we've got to know what we're waiting on. We've got to know what we're waiting on, right? Like we said, we, we don't know a whole lot about Simeon. Um, you know, this was the only place really mentioned. Uh, he was mentioned in Scripture, and we don't know what prophecy he knew about. We don't know if he was like, like a scholar of the prophets of Isaiah and, you know, maybe knew all the Psalms and things like that where it talked about the Messiah. Um, we don't know if he had any preconceptions about what the Messiah was to look like or what he was to do. All we knew that he had the Holy Spirit in his life. But who was he waiting on? What was he waiting for? So let's talk about both, starting with the what. What was Simeon waiting for? It says, Back in verse 25, this man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation. Israel's consolation. What is that? What is consolation? Well, the Greek term here actually is used for the word comfort. Comfort. So Simeon knew that his job was to wait on the comfort of Israel. Well, what did they need comfort from? A lot of people had that notion that it was going to be comfort from Roman oppression, from Roman rule. And we've talked about this, you know, the last few weeks, so pardon me, you know, if, I, if I, I'm sounding a little redundant here. But, you know, they were hoping for this general king or a warrior king who would come and free them from Roman rule. And then, then they would receive comfort when they were under that new king. That was their hope. That's what they were waiting on. That was the picture they had in their minds. But Simeon, he knew better than that because he was waiting in the Spirit. He knew what he was waiting on was the Messiah. What he was waiting on was the one who would uh, give them comfort, not just from Roman oppression, but from the problem that we've, has plagued humanity since the beginning of time, the problem since Adam and Eve, the problem of sin. And that this Messiah was the, going to be the one to reconcile and redeem not just the people of Israel, but the entire world. 
He knew that. So he was looking for the consolation of Israel, the comfort of Israel. And maybe he knew the verse from Isaiah 40 where it prophesies uh, the coming of John the Baptist. It says in Isaiah 41, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and announce to her that her time of forced labor is over. So Simeon was promised that he would see the solution to the deepest spiritual question of humanity. How would we reconcile with a perfect and holy God? How would that happen? And just like that, Simeon was privileged to see the answer. He was privileged to see the way, the truth, and the life right there, face to face, in living color for himself. And it would have been easy for him to get caught up in what everyone else wanted Jesus to be, what everyone else expected this Messiah to be. Don't, don't you do that sometimes? You get in your head like something you, you think you need to be waiting for, or maybe it's something you think you deserve in life. Uh, maybe it's the next big prom- promotion. Maybe it's uh, a, a new job. Maybe it's that new house. Um, you know, maybe it's a financially stable retirement. Uh, maybe it's, it's just good health for the rest of your life. And these are things that we get an idea. We have this notion that, hey, I deserve these things. This is what I'm waiting on. But those aren't necessarily God's will for us. That's not always the way it's going to go down. God has other things in store for us sometimes. And it's not always peaceful. It's not always easy. There may be trials. There may be tribulations. There may be temptations. There may be things that come up that we're not expecting. But you know what? When we're waiting on God and we know what we're waiting for, then it doesn't matter. Remain open to what God has for you. Don't set your mind on one thing because that's when we start to hope in what we want and not in what God wants for us. You see, Simeon was waiting on something amazing. Some would even say it was something impossible. And his goal was to follow God and see Christ, not to see what he wanted to see. And that brings us to the who. So we've talked about the what. He was waiting on the consolation of Israel, but he was also waiting on the Lord's Christ. The Lord's Christ, it says in verse 26, it it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. There was a farmer uh, who was on the way somewhere and and his wagon tipped over. His name was Willis. And uh, he was struggling trying to get this wagon back up because the wheel had come off. So his neighbor actually saw from the road what was going on from his house. I mean, he saw his neighbor on the road. And uh, he, he called to him. He came down there. He said, uh, hey, uh, Willis, why don't you come up here and, and eat with us? And then we'll come back out later and, and we'll help you get your wagon back up. And Willis said, well, I don't know. I don't think Pa is going to like that. And the neighbor implored him again. He said, he said oh, oh, come on, Willis. It'll be okay, you know. We've got this meal ready to eat right now. Just come fellowship with us, you know. And, and then me and, and my sons, will come out and we'll help you get this wagon back up and, and get you on your way. Well, reluctantly, Willis said, mm, okay, well, I'll come eat, but I really don't think Pa is going to like this. So they went in. They, they, ate, they ate their meal. Um, and after a time of fellowship, they, they were coming back out. The neighbor said, wow, your pa really missed a good meal today. By the way, where is your pa? 
And Willis said, well, he's actually under the wagon. So just like Willis's pa was waiting for him to come, was waiting for this person, he knew he needed help. He knew he needed to be rescued. And Simeon knew that the who that was coming was the Lord's Christ, that he was the Messiah. You know, there's a lot of what's and when's that we wait upon, and they're usually tied together. Like, uh, when I get older, I want to have a lot of kids with grandkids, okay? Or maybe um, it's that I'd like to travel the world when I get to a good point in my career. Um, Maybe you're saying, when I get my act together, I want to serve the Lord. I want, I want to get more involved in the church. And so we make a lot of terms and conditions with God, you know, the wins, the what's, and the wins. And some Christians make a lot of empty promises and follow that up with a life full of excuses. But Simeon understood that to have the what, to have the what, we had to first meet the who. He had to meet Jesus Christ. That waiting for the consolation of Israel was only possible through Jesus. And seeing Israel achieve all of those things that were promised for in the Old Testament, that wasn't his goal. It wasn't his goal to, to, to see all of that come to fruition. It was simply his goal to see the one who would bring them to fruition. You see the difference? You know, I, I have a lot of goals. I have things I want to accomplish in my life. I want to pastor a growing church campus. You know, we're over there at the West Campus. We'd love to see that place fill up. We're praying that God would help us with that. You know, I'd love to serve faithfully for years and years, uh, have a long life, have kids that grow up in the Lord, and uh, have their own families that believe in Jesus. Maybe, uh, maybe you guys have dreams like me of going to the Holy Land one day, you know, having that opportunity. Uh, I have goals of, of losing some weight, getting healthy again. So those are all important things. But none of those goals, none of those things carry any weight, pardon the pun, if we don't know the one who gives life meaning. If we don't know the one who brings meaning to those things in life and allows us to be used in a way that shares Jesus with others. None of our goals matter. None of our goals matter. They're all worthless unless we first meet Jesus. He is the one worth waiting for. A life lived waiting on Christ is a life that's worth waiting on. You know, Simeon was anticipating death, right? He was nearing the end of his life. And as he anticipated death, he found life. He found life in the one who came to give life to all. And maybe some of you guys are here today and you're, you're thinking, well, I'm at a place in life where I just don't feel like I'm of any use to anybody or any use to God anymore. Or maybe you're just comfortable and you're saying, you know, I'm good. I don't really need to, to do this church thing anymore or, or get involved or share my faith or, um, you know, serve somewhere. But let me remind you that no matter what age you are, God still has a plan and a purpose for you. God still wants you to be a part of his plan for reaching all of mankind. And let me remind you that, that Moses and Aaron, you know, there, there were people in the Bible that God called at a much later age in life. Moses and Aaron were 80 and 83 when God called them to lead 
the Israelite people out of Egypt. Joshua was called to lead the conquest of Canaan when he was about 80 years old, and then he led for about two more decades after that. When you think about Daniel, he was over 80 years old when he was thrown into the lion's den. Luke 1.7 tells us Zechariah and Elizabeth were well advanced in age when they had John the Baptist. And the list goes on, right? Folks, the older we get, the more we have the opportunity to wait on God. The more we have the opportunity to serve him faithfully, just like Simeon did. He continued to listen for God's prompting in his life. And he never gave up being a warrior for God. He was waiting to live. He was waiting to live. And it's ironic that the last thing Simeon may have seen before his death was the image of his eternal life. And listen to his reaction one more time. In verse 29, it says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Depart in peace. So whether you're young or you're old, if you're waiting on Christ, if you're waiting on God's timing, you will find peace. It doesn't matter how long you've been waiting. It doesn't matter what God has said you're waiting for. You will be in peace. So Simeon shows us how to wait. He shows us it's important that we wait in the Spirit. He shows us it's important that we know what or who we're waiting on. And then in closing, I just want to say that it's important that we understand that what we're waiting on is so much smaller than what God has for us. What we get an idea about what to wait on, God has vastly more in store for us. Look back in verse 32. It says that you have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. There was a 17-year-old waitress named uh, Kara Wood, and she waited on this uh, older gentleman for several years. He would come into her the cafe where she worked, and he would always make a point to sit in her section, and they, they kind of started to build this relationship, and they would always talk. And um, I'm sure over the years, you know, th- they grew fairly fond of each other, but you know, in the end, she's a waitress, and she's looking to make some money. I'm sure she was probably just looking for a little tip, okay? Maybe get a decent tip every time he comes in. Well, she got something she wasn't bargaining for. She got so much more. Because in 1992, when the man passed away, she found out that she had been written into his will for a half a million dollars. Half a million dollars, okay? And I think we do the same thing. We, we box what God has for us, and we think of it as being so small. We have no idea. We have no idea what God can do for us, what God can provide for us, and we're asking for so much less than what he's willing to give us. I mean, what was Israel waiting for? It was, they were thinking it was the consolation of Israel. They were looking for the comfort of one nation, But what was God saying here? He was saying that this was not just for them. It was for the Gentiles. For the Gentiles, right? So who are the Gentiles, right? We had the Jews and we had the Gentiles. The Gentiles were everybody else on earth. So God was saying, look, this message, this Messiah is not just for you. It's not just for one nation. It's for all the nations. It's for all the nations. God had more in store than what they had planned. 
And they were waiting. They were waiting. So my question is, what are you waiting on? What is it you're waiting on in 2017? Maybe you've made some goals. Maybe you've uh, pinpointed something that you desire or that you're asking God to do. But step back a second and ask, God, is this what you want me to wait on? Is this what you have in store for me? And when you have confirmation, wait in the Spirit. Wait on His prompting like Simeon did. Wait for Him to direct your path every step so that you could meet the Lord's Christ, that you could meet the one who brings joy, the one who brings hope, the one who brings salvation to all the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, not just for Israel, but for you, for you. Oh, how he loves us, oh, oh, how he loves us, how he loves us.